Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedy to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and class in session. I'm Pure Scott. Yeah, that's right when also, also she gets to hear everything. So oh, I'm going to ask some raw shit. What does yeah, she want to know? She, he said, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and we're about to find out all sorts of shit about Edison <laughs> Yakupi. How you doing, Edison? Good. How are you, Jay? Thanks for having me. Doing well, my brother. Edison uh, has quite a long list of things that he does, um, but more uh, more interestingly, the Questionable Behavior podcast. And that's a show, if I'm, if I'm correct, it's about all different career paths, all different walks of lives, and those that have uh, shown motivation and thrived versus survived, you know, that kind of situation. Is that what I'm gathering? Yep, definitely. Um, it's... Uh kind of caught a niche in music interviews specifically that's what it's been uh topping 100 internationally but yeah in general it's literally motivated individuals people that i don't like to interview people that i feel like are going to quit their path along the way so so far in the last four years that i've been interviewing people i would say like 90 percent of them are still pursuing their careers and their passions so i'm proud of doing that research i want to put a pin right on that mm-hmm. do you feel like once you've put the time and effort and decided that that's somebody that you're going to interview, Mm -hmm. that you are putting your name alongside them as approving what they've done to date. Do you feel a certain amount of onus or responsibility to uh, choose a certain level of guests for your audience members? I'm not saying take responsibility for like bad habits or some shit. I realized early on, uh, even like in the music aspect, it's not about what I like, but it's about their work ethic. And as in this whole process of podcasting and creating, we're constantly going to grow. So I want people on my show that as I'm growing, they're growing too. And we can eventually come back together and know where we had started when I did an interview with a GoPro versus now we're doing a, a better full production type of thing. So it's it's great to see everybody's progression along with my own. Yeah, full circle is, is the way most things go. If, if the more that you look at it, just to give everybody an update, one of the reasons that Edison had asked or agreed to come on the show was he has an interesting childhood and change that happened very young in his age. And mm-hmm. that is that you were displaced or you were a refugee from Kosovo. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. I came here in 1999 in the United States. We were basically just kicked out of our home in, in an instant. To be honest, uh, when I was nine, I guess, the Serbian police at the time came to our door with guns and everything. and pointing basically at me and telling my parents that they can't guarantee my life if we don't leave within the next 15 minutes. So in 15 minutes, you just gather what you can and you just leave everything. That was a, a mass exodus from from what I uh, understand because it had been going on for some time. We're talking about like Slobodan Milosevic, former Yugoslavia. NATO was all over that at that point. I know that they had been in and out. A lot of guys wearing that powder blue beret probably walking around where you lived. That's a hard thing to comprehend at that age. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, the other thing is just now get older, looking back at it, it's just everybody, your whole population of people just moved and left everything behind, careers and any any type of property, et cetera. They just left it all and they had to build a whole new life from zero in another foreign country. Uh, luckily for me, as a child, my mom put me in English school, so I knew a little bit coming here. But, you know, from my parents, they came here and they both had to go to college again and started working as janitors initially. So it was like literally Very starting, humbling life, process. starting life all over with nothing. So the measuring stick for what is happiness and what is important is definitely a lot different for somebody that comes away from a situation like that and has to restart. Do you find that you've learned from that situation that values and moral compass, things of that nature are steered because of that? Definitely. Especially, uh, you know, my country in general, Kosovo, is is more of a morally, um, it's more moral law than it is like police law. Uh, you know, people don't do certain things because it's not the right thing to do versus 
the police are going to catch you. So coming here with that mindset and also just kind of being in like certain bad neighborhoods and growing up there and then moving from place to place. I've moved a lot even here from between like third grade and high school. I must have went to like six different schools. So every time it was kind of like starting all over, making new friends again. And initially even just coming here, being made fun of, I didn't even know how to like make fun of people back. It's like my mother a lot. Yeah, right. (laughs) I can only imagine, especially when they don't teach you uh, when you're in school learning a second language. It's not slang. It's not Mm -hmm. the stuff that you hear on the playground. There's no No. witty comebacks or anything like that when you're looking at a foreign language. I'm just getting angry, ready to fight somebody. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Am I allowed to curse? Oh, God, please curse. Yeah, Yeah, if you don't, I'll be offended. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you telling me right now? Who's, I'm fighting. That's it. That's, that's all I used to do. Fourth grade, fifth grade. It's like, all right, you make fun of me. I'm fighting. That's that's my comeback. I can't make fun of you back. I try and then I would try and then nobody would laugh. And I'm like, all right, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. The kid that doesn't speak the language well that tries to come back, those those are usually the worst comebacks. The worst, I, I don't the blame worst comebacks you in the world. for falling back on that. It's not the best thing to do, but I can definitely <laughs> see how that was not. Yeah. There was a non-option there for you. Yeah, they're like, your mom with this. I'm like, your mother, she doesn't work. And everybody's like, well, that's not funny. It'd be like me arguing with somebody and calling them something in Spanish, and yeah. it'd be like, like, you know, your yeah, queso no. is old and moldy or some shit yeah, to him. That's it. They're like, no, no, that's not funny, bro. Let's keep trying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's difficult, man. And one of the things that, uh, you know, much like yourself, uh, you do a lot of research on your guests and I was trying to do some research on you. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I saw was that since you focus on music, I kind of want to walk in and out of this cause I like mm-hmm. this. Um, is that you were a son of an Albanian music legend. Yep. yep That's definitely. very vague. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my father, when we initially came here, uh, he was the most popular singer in the Albanian community. So that actually helped us kind of live life in the States because he was hired to sing in a lot of places and he had never been to America before. So the whole Albanian community was excited to see him. So that I, I can only imagine. is how we lived, to be honest, with, through that salary of him singing different places in New York. He was doing uh, like 100 shows a year in New York City and, you know. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing story for somewhere in a location like this to be displaced in such a manner and be able to support your family, on, you know, on top of a, a second career change or whatever it is that, that he's going through at the same time. But oddly enough, I did find out that there are a ton of Albanian artists that are amazing. Oh, and yeah. you actually share the last name of a legend from the time that you left there. Oh, is that, that correct? Leonora Yakubi? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Leonora all right. Yakubi, yeah. So, yeah. Because when I read an Albanian legend, the first thing I did was like, all right, so let's see who this is. Yeah. And I went, and, I went and started hunting, and I'm like, well, that's the same age. She yeah. left there around 99, same last name. I had to start doing some research, and then I mm-hmm. went down a Google hole, and I found out, you know, Baby Rexa was Albanian. Yeah, Dua, Dua, Dua Lipa. And then I yeah. had to turn off Google because my wife would have probably walked in and punched me in the side <laughs> of the neck. <laughs> oh, these beautiful women. What are you yeah, doing? exactly. This is what I figured out was that, holy shit, there's a lot of hot Albanian singers in the world. <laughs> Especially now, you know, now basically around my, they're around my age group, a little bit younger. So like these last few years, it's been. Uh, you hit the nail yeah. on the head, my man. Yeah. Um, so. That's something I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason. I I think that uh, great artists are born of struggle or from families of struggle and mm-hmm. things like that because you've already been put on your knees. You've right. already questioned what is right, what is wrong. You've already questioned, you know, where success is measured, where happiness is measured. And right. fuck that. You just yeah. start to create. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when you are, yeah, right, you have a, a, a place of like bottom and going from there, you everything just gets better. So, and at the same time, I think even like, uh, I would say parents at that time, um, moving and seeing everything kind of go to zero, I would assume open their mind as well to letting their kids just follow every dream and do and support dreams instead of kind of like putting people in a box uh, or putting your kids in a box. Like, don't do this, don't do that. Just do whatever you want. 
You know what I mean? We just escaped. We're, we're lucky to be alive. So just whatever you want, just do it. You know, yeah. some of the greatest artists and minds are the ones that pop out the other side. We've seen it over and over again. And it just was super fascinating when I started looking into it. I'm like, well, look at this. There's a shit ton of artists that come out of this little spot that used to be Yugoslavia, you right. know, and it's like creating diamonds under the pressure of that kind yeah. of struggle. That's a very good analogy. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a country of 2 million people and uh, inside the country. And we've made names such as like a Dua Lipa, Rita or a Bevirexa, you know, to have those names coming from such a small place is very impressive. Also adds to that dream for kids of like, if they're there, we can also be there. You know, even the like Action Bronson, he's, he's a hip hop artist. He's Albanian too from Kosovo. It just creates that extra motivation of like, all, all these people are doing all these things coming from the same background as me. Like there's no reason why I can't do it as well. I love that. The key to all of that is do. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that there are no hurdles between themselves and their success or whatever their dreams are, except for their own mental blockages, things that they've collected over time that have said, these are difficult items to obtain. You should either wait until you're ready or save up for it or do some other shit. But right. the fact of the matter is, it's just go. action. Mm-hmm. It's just action. If you really? get up every day and do what is your passion, it will just continue to grow. 100%. You won't really even hit obstacles ever again because they won't be obstacles to you. You'll see them for what they are. Yeah, it'll be a new learning experience every time. So it's like, you know, even just in my process of podcasting, which, you know, there's definitely been walls that I hit that I was even afraid to kind of like be a little bit too much out there because, you know, you don't want really people to, I I think I told you guys beforehand, like I didn't even want to talk about this war experience. I've never talked in public about it before. So this is also a process for me of just kind of breaking that wall and just being more comfortable just to be me. And that's, I think that's key. Give yourself a ton of credit. We all break down who we are at this point in time. You know, once you become an adult and you look back and and we have all these little itty bitty things that we do, little nuances, little feelings that we get when somebody says this type of thing or a sound or a smell or whatever it is. The majority of those are rooted in that first few years of your life, in that first 10. That's where it all comes from, man. And we won't realize later in life when we're 20, 25, 30, that this is why we get a side pain when this happens. This is why, you know, I get angry when somebody, you know, treats another person this way. There's little itty bitty things, triggers. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates that word, but it's it's a pretty spot on analysis, which is funny. The people that get mad at are triggered by the word triggered. But (laughs) (laughs) if you can't see the irony in that, then, you know, but you're forming who you are at that point. And I feel like struggle, like we said, struggle, you know, creates those diamonds or those creative people and someone like yourself who's definitely got a girl that's more than just a friend in the room, right? (laughs) 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 We're going to skip that question. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, You like that? I just put that right in there. (laughs) You're good. You're good. No, so born born of struggle, you know, those diamonds, that type of thing. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a circle. In order for someone to be able to affect change, they have to have been through experiences. That's why we always find like the the leaders that we get in the world aren't able to affect change because they're unable to empathize. They don't actually understand where the root cause is Mm -hmm. of a situation. Same thing to the human mind. You know, if you don't do that root cause analysis, you can't affect change on yourself or thrive or utilize those years to go right back to where you started, which it seems like what I see in the questionable behavior podcast is somebody that has found a congruency in struggle and creation and said, Hey, look, how can I give back to somebody that's doing the same thing and give them a voice? Because from what I see in the guests that you do highlight on your show, the majority of them come from struggle. Yep. They aren't just, 
you know, yep. silver spoon. I got a producer. Here I am. Right. Yada, yada, yada. Give me some vocal, you know, some auto tuning and we're there. You're right. You're right. Exactly. A lot of them do come from struggle. And then, and the other thing is, uh, the way I try to string my interviews is not just kind of like in the moment, oh, you're great, you're doing this. It's kind of like I like to think of myself as a storyteller. I like to tell their story uh, because then that will always last because that that moment and that story at that moment for them is going to be there forever. There's been a couple of artists that reached back out to me and were like, you know, very thankful of the interview because they're like, I've used that as a personal like resume because you were able to tell my story and get me to tell certain things that I don't really talk about. So, you know, in that sense. Yeah, for sure. I definitely that's want people to understand. I want people to understand like, you know, it's not, you're seeing this current success, but that's not easy that this person had to do a lot to get here. It's not, it didn't just magically happen for anybody. And, you know, I want people to understand that you need to put in work, you need to be consistent. And that's when success comes to you. It's not just something that all with the Instagrams and everything these days, that's all we see is success, all success, 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 but you don't see the process. You don't see shit except for a picture. Yeah, so we will assume I'll put one song out, for example, a musician, and I'm gonna it's gonna be a hit. That's not how it works, unfortunately. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's the same with podcasting. You're like, exactly. all right, we're ready. And exactly. oh, the, the downloads are like click. Yeah, like, oh, that was my mom because that one's over here because you can yeah, see the location. Yeah, you can see the location. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I remember even in the beginning, I'm like, all right, we put it out. And then I'm like, Where's the listeners? I definitely have more friends than this. You know what? It taught me a little bit of humility. It taught me a little bit of tolerance and a little bit of understanding that I'm not the fucking center of anybody else's world. Right. right? And those are hard, 100%. hard lessons to learn. Because exactly. when you talk to somebody frequently and they're like, bro, I've listened to every single one of these. And you're like, I only have two listeners or five yeah. listeners. Yeah. You're not one asshole because I can me. see it. The numbers are only in double digits. But, uh, with that being said, congratulations to you guys because you guys are in the top 2% of all podcasts worldwide. So, you know, Oh, shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, you, you should check it out and listen notes. I'll send you the link. So, oh, you know, congrats man. on that. Yeah, congrats on that. Check there that out, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do my research too. You know, you gotta, uh, there you, you go. Well, yeah. you're a smart guy. You're doing so. two different. So. Your mom thinks so. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Is that your mom? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I'm like, this just got real awkward. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> about those things you didn't want to discuss earlier. <laughs> 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 Too oh, funny. That would have been a twist. Oh, a twist. yeah. What if I'd have been like, um, <laughs> <laughs> so this just turned into like some yeah, weird hillbilly true crime. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's too funny, man. Man, I, I think everybody's everybody's struggle, while not the same, has congruent impact. One person can have PTSD from one thing, and mm. another person can have PTSD from another. And while the scale that we try to apply to it looks completely out of you know whack, it's not the case. It's the person. It's the experiences before it, and things like that. I feel like you're able to recognize that somebody struggled or their pain. And I like that you said that they come back to you because mm -hmm. this, this means a lot to me. And I'll, and I'll share this about my show. Each and every guest that comes on here, I try to ensure that I give the best representation of who they are, what they're capable of and who they are striving to be and how they've set that example. And, and mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's an art to interpret the human experience is an art. And that's what you're doing, my friend. You're interpreting yeah. the human experience and giving credit where credit's due. I appreciate that. Appreciate it. But yeah. And, uh, you know, so far I'm, lo I'm loving the way that you do the interviews as well, because it just, you know, it feels like we've been friends forever. We, we haven't been. Yeah, exactly. We just hadn't met yet. That's, right. that's the way I look at things, man. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, unless, unless somebody's a tool, I'll just wait until they're not a tool and then we can be friends then. Yeah. You know, because nothing's <laughs> permanent. Everything changes. Right. right. And that's so the back, only yeah. thing. And going back to something you were talking about earlier in, in regards to like, you know, coming from struggle, et cetera. I think just in general, as humans, you constantly have to improve. We're never perfect. The moment you think you're perfect is that's when you stagnate in life, in my opinion. So it's like you, you have fail. to con consistently look at yourself and see, okay, what's my routine and how can I improve that to just keep getting better? 
even like in regards to like creating, in regards to your podcast, I'm sure you've listened to yourself early on and you're like, I can't fucking, like, like what the fuck am I saying? Fucking hated my voice. I hated how I acted. Yeah, Dude, it's I, cognitive behavioral say, therapy. Um, uh, okay. I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? Like, stop, you know, and then you constantly, you know, you critique yourself to become better, not for, not to bring yourself down, but to be like, all right, this is what was wrong. This is how I can do better. And you just keep doing that with everything in life. That's an inner voice, though. And that takes a lot of work to hit that juncture. Because I can tell you, it was like cognitive behavioral therapy when I fucking started listening to myself, interacting with people, and how I immediately knew how fucking needy I was. I was like, holy shit, I got to get into conversations, you know. And I thought it was that at first. You know what I figured out? Just because of going through that, it made me understand ADHD better. Really? ADHD is, it has one of these known issues is that you will cut people off during a conversation. And it's not because you're trying to be rude. It's not because you are, you know, just a narcissist or something along that lines. It's actually because ideas move so fast through your head and you grab one, you get the opportunity. And here's the thing. It actually comes from a place of love. When somebody with ADHD usually tries to latch onto something and blurt it out in a conversation, what they're trying to do is bond. They recognized Mm -hmm. an immediate thing that you said triggered something that they said, you know what? I do that. We have this in common. We have this in common. Yeah. It's weird, but it made me understand that. But at first, when I first started listening to myself, all I did was just rail on my ass. I was like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. You're everything that everybody ever said you were that was a bully growing up. That's Um, what I told myself when I first got those headphones on. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting you say that. I, I constantly do that. So I've been trying to focus on not, like, you know, when someone's talking, I'm just like... Hold, hold it back, hold it, wait for them to finish. But then I catch myself forgetting what I was just thinking. Yep, that's exactly what so it is. I'll come back later. I'm like, I'm like, damn, man, I, I was just what you were talking about earlier. And then once you kept talking, I forgot. You know, I'll do that sometimes in an interview, which really pisses me off. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that's a great point. I'm looking at him. And then the moment he finished talking, I'm like, fuck, I just lost that. What I, was gonna <laughs> I say. had the most brilliant like, lined yeah. up. So now I like try to, I try to like write it down real quick you know, like while they're talking. So I know, like, all right, go back to this. But I'll sit there like, I like what that. I just think about, you know, <laughs> it's, but yeah, it, I constantly, and I, this is like an improvement I'm trying to make, but I constantly, like when someone's talking and it, something clicks, I just blurted out what I wanted to say. And it's not, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just like, like you meant, like you said, it's just a connection that I'm seeing right now. And I'm like, oh, I got to say it before I forget. It's an impulsive connection attempt. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the only way I can describe it. That's how I, you know, started to interpret it. Cause I'm like, I'm not an asshole. I'm not trying to take away somebody's, you know, conversation. I'm not trying to cut them off because I'll even go right back to what it was that they yeah. were even saying in that moment because I want to hear more. Mm-hmm. You know, generally it's a layer of some sort, but I get it. You know, when you're editing podcasts, though, you can hear yourself doing, I call them false starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mic, like I'm going back to the dragon. It's like, eh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, this is like, oh, shut up, so I can say what I gotta say. Like, <laughs> well, at least we're having a conversation, not interrupting each other the whole way through. So that's it impressive. sounds smooth as shit when you take yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I was talking perfect after the edits. I remember exactly. one time I had, uh, this was like season one. I had my editor cut out like 24 ums in like one episode of like 40 minutes. Like 24. I'm like take this arm out, take this arm out. <laughs> and he's like, I, I don't think you have to take all of them out. It's okay to be natural. Yeah. I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I'm like, take but it now, out. <laughs> now you don't, do you? No, now I don't even like, yeah. It, it's just, I I barely have any edits now. Just when I have to plug in commercial music or something, now I don't even have to like really. I love that. Much. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, you have something at your disposal that is either your mind or I think you have a partner in QB Media, correct? Your brother? Yeah, my little brother, yep. <laughs> Which one of you two geniuses knows how to remove the hell out of these, the, the background noise and sounds out of these interviews you're doing? Because you're doing on location, couch style, middle of nowhere, yeah. you know, and it's got everything going on, but kudos to your editor yeah. or if that's you or if it's your brother no, or somebody else. Brother, yeah. 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 That Joker has an ear. 
Mm-hmm. You can yeah, tell. He's, he's 14. He's 14. Stop it. He's 14 years old. Like two years ago, uh, I brought him to my editor at the time uh, to just learn editing. And initially, he just learned audio editing from him. And then I would have him do the audio edits and send it to the editor. And he would double check his work because uh, the editor would start doing some other projects. And he was we're doing rough cuts just, and stuff. So, yeah. So, well, no, me and the editor were going our separate ways because he was getting too busy with some other stuff. So, he didn't particularly want to be in the podcast game too much, but he didn't want to leave me hanging. So he was teaching my brother, and then my brother would edit the episode, send it to him, and then after a little while, that he didn't have to give any comments. So after like a couple months, he didn't have to give any comments, and my little brother took that over as a 12-year-old at the time, the audio part. And initially, he really hated it because it's kind of boring. You're sitting there just doing audio. But I would push him and be like, you said you'd get this done by Wednesday. It's, it's Wednesday. Where is it? <laughs> oh, you put He's the like, pressure on him. You gave him the squeeze. He's like, relax. I'm like, no, relax. You said Wednesday, Wednesday. Keeping him accountable. Now he took over video editing, audio editing. He sits behind the camera and does all that. He's a gifted young yeah. young man. I saw your He's YouTube channel as well. He's got great transition skills. He's got a great understanding for um, environments. Mm-hmm. which is super cool the way that he layers everything together for sure for sure definitely we've got we've got some other work with qb media that he's basically spearheading so it's uh, you know we're editing for a yoga app that's coming out in uh, about a month uh basically we're doing all the production in regards to the videos and the audio for the app is there any uh opportunity within that for you to because you seem like the person that likes to do his research wants to know uh-huh. what he's endorsing mm-hmm. and things along that nature um did you try any meditation yoga or anything like that when you were looking into this into the yoga app uh so initially we got linked up with the yoga instructor and then we started doing the videos and i ended up going and taking her hot yoga class let me tell you it, <laughs> oh my god it is you, you know i was like oh, i get i work out i go to the gym i play sports you know i'm like what, what's some stretching oh my god i was dead <laughs> i was dead after the class she's like oh you stayed the whole class i'm like if i knew i could leave I would have been out of here. 20 minutes, I would have been out. I'm like, I, I was staying there, stretching. I was sore for like three days. I couldn't move. I I did the same thing. My dumbass went to a hot yoga class with my wife. We're like, you know, somebody told us like, oh, you got to try it out, you know. Yeah, they and make it now, seem like mind it's so you, nice. I meditate now. I understand yoga. I love, you know, yeah. what it all represents. But that hot yoga class, first of all, I never became more self-conscious in my life because I'm like, <laughs> this is an inordinate amount of sweat. Like right. I'm using like standard degree deodorant right and now, I but I'm at a level like of regular sweatpants. You know, <laughs> like you know, everybody's there, like you know, in yoga stuff, shorts, and I'm like, I'm just chilling in sweatpants and a shirt. I'm like, this, what could, this can't be that hard. And these people throwing their leg behind their head. I'm like. I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to break myself. <laughs> I, I look like that lawn chair on a trailer, you know, like a trailer park <laughs> porch that doesn't bit like you're like, it's stuck in like three different locations. Yeah. It was not a pretty sight. If there was like a, if they have video of it, they're, they're, it should be, it should I'm be surprised they put on YouTube. <laughs> I was definitely grunting and people were looking like, what is wrong? I'm like, because <laughs> at one moment she's like, put your leg over here. I'm like, that's tough. And then she's like, sit on it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm going to break myself any moment. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now, back to class. now you're Mm -hmm. working in new york city you're Mm -hmm. putting some things together you've got your operation up and running you've got some really good uh some really good things that you're working on right Mm -hmm. what about where you came from where is that in your life now i mean that's something that exists because your parents are here yeah that's there i'm very um passionate about like where i come from i'm very like very in, in tune with the culture still all my first cousins are still back home and in general, like even initially, I used to hire my cousin back home to do edits for me. I hired my uncle back home to do edits for me before because I'm like, if I'm going to pay someone here, I said I could pay you the same price. You know, I, I might as well give and that's, money. And that's a lot more there than it is yeah, here. Exactly. I said I might as well give you that money. It's the same thing for me, you know. And uh, and just in general, even my little cousins back home, I, I try to 
talk to them and you know just have them kind of get out of the mindset of over there a little bit and with the mindset of how people work here, which is like nonstop. So that is always a constant. And initially, I, my goal is to to build this big enough to a point where I could hire cousins back home. I could hire people back home. And like you see all these other countries that we outsource to, there's no reason why we can't outsource there. And, you know, even for like businesses here, it's, it would be cheaper to hire that staff over there and they do the same high quality work as here. So that's my initial goal is to make the media network big enough to a point where I can really just change people's lives back home if I can. I love that. And I, I feel like that's probably what you were originally designed for. I think that, you know, the struggle that we go through, you know, you get that spark of creativity as a child, you know, that uh, you're someone that empathizes with people, you know, that you feel each other's issues and things like that. And now you have the opportunity to give back to where you came from. And I I understand um, not a congruent struggle by any uh, by any stretch, but I know that there is an onus on somebody when they leave where they come from and what is perceived and in the area that is left is not perceived as something that is well off. Mm-hmm. So there's an example that has to be set when you walk away from an area that is, you know, not as fiscally congruent. Right. I don't know what the words I want to use yeah, here yeah. for it without saying like, you know, impoverished or something like that. Cause it's not, I mean, but I mean yeah, but like the, the, you know, even the, like the, the wage gaps is, is ridiculous. There's like no middle class, you know, your, your average salary for just a regular family is you can't live off of that one salary. You're, they're making like 300 euros a month on average. It's nothing. Even over yeah. there, it's nothing. And that's, and that's what I'm alluding to is that, yeah. um, you know, we feel, at least I've always felt that there's an example to be set whenever you come from that kind of humble background or that kind of struggle that it's not because you're trying to prove somebody else wrong or mm-hmm. prove something to yourself, but more so to lead by example, because that's right. exactly. honestly the only way you can actually mm-hmm. affect change. Exactly. And the other thing is, like, even back home, they don't uh, particularly have, like, uh, European passports. So it's not easy to travel out and leave the country. So even your biggest talents, they're stuck because they, they need extra visas, et cetera, to just leave. They can't leave. So, you know, bringing an opportunity over there is is a big deal because now you're bringing their voices to other eyes and stuff over here. So It's funny how these things come together um, because... I get what you're saying. Kosovo is an unrecognized nation by nev- by several countries, right. um, which that was I the research and, you know, just looking through some different things. And I saw that I recently had a guest on Andrew Nethery. He's a director um, and he shot a documentary uh, called Bury Us, a punk rock uprising. Mm-hmm. And it is on the Basque community in Spain Spain. that are being, for whatever reason, culturally oppressed and they're being ethnically cleansed just based on location alone and the fact that, you know, they're not recognizing them. And that's when I saw, I was like, well, Spain doesn't recognize Kosovo. Yep. And Spain doesn't recognize Kosovo because if they (laughs) do, then they're going to give Basque the opportunity to stand up and fight for themselves. They're exactly. recognizing they independence of the Basque and even in the uh, Catalonia area there, which is like yeah. Barcelona, or whatever. They they would be like, "How are you proving this country, but not people in your own area?" You know, so they would open up a can of worms if they did that. I guess. So it's you like, know, I have a theory behind this. I always think that people oppress what they're jealous of, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like once you've diluted your culture to a certain point, you have no identity anymore. Right. And once you have no identity, you feel alone, you feel lost, and you need other people to feel alone and lost too within their own cultural identity. And then mm-hmm. you start to oppress those that have a strong familial bond, happiness, love. Mm-hmm. We always try to stop those that are, you know, the most happy. For That's whatever reason, you know, we oppress, we look down on, you know, we Project see it all the time, misery. man. Yeah. White people do it all the time. When I have a group of black friends that are just wiling out laughing at something fucking funny as hell, which makes me cry laugh, you'll still see the white guy, that one off to the side, who's judging 
the amount of their excitement or yeah. happiness. Yeah. Throw in that, you know, distant shade, like ugh, they're laughing again. You know, or that's what they you know, and, yeah, and people, it happens. Like I said, people people project their own misery. You know, that's what it because is. Because they're yeah. jealous that mm -hmm. they don't have a bond with someone, right. a friend, a family so tight that you can laugh until your stomach hurts. Yeah. Dude, yeah. We do this when we look at it, you see it all throughout history. Everybody covets somebody else's fucking talent, somebody else's yeah, it's, independence. It's, it's always, especially in the creative world, I'm sure like in the beginning when you started, people were like, what are you doing? You know, like I said, even in, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the beginning, some of my better friends weren't listening. Some of my best friends now just came around and would listen to the first episode this year. So, and initially that affected me. Initially, I'm like, you know, come, like, how could you not support? But then came to the realization of like, nobody owes me shit. So there's a million podcasts out there, you know? At the same time, when I'm listening to music, I'm not always listening to my friends' music. I'm listening to Drake, Kanye West, whatever the case is, you know? So it's like, at that same aspect, they can listen to Joe Rogan. It is what it is. But the fact that they're coming back around now gives me a little bit of acknowledgement, like I must be doing the right thing because I call your attention without telling you. Here's what it was. I'm not gonna listen to shit that you don't believe you're capable of doing yet. That's People do not... There's a reason why people don't get hired at interviews. It's because they don't believe what they're telling the person that's interviewing them. Mm. In the infancy of being a podcaster, interviewer, or trying to get along in this business, you don't believe in yourself because you look like, you know, we look like a pig staring at a wristwatch when you open up all the fucking different things that are out there that you have to get done as a podcaster, mm. right? Yeah, and exactly. so we don't believe in ourselves and we are seeking other people to love right. us in that moment, right. support us, exactly. and give us support me what so we're I can not. believe. Right. 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 But that isn't how that it is works. That is a great point. I'll believe in you point. when you believe in yourself. That is. Can, with that being said, can we take a two minute break so I can just grab a drink and go to the bathroom? Absolutely. Go right ahead, brother. Thank I got you. some coffee here that I'm going to take a sip of. Perfect. All right. Give me one minute. Okay. We're back. If that's your mom, I'm going to eat my fucking hat. <laughs> if you look at your mom that way, there's a fucking problem. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God that's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, dude! It's called the Tragedy Academy. It is. It's, it's tragedy. built yeah, into the name. Tragedy. <laughs> it would be a tragedy for real, dude. <laughs> what I'd like to to try to touch on because we've talked about like you know inaction doesn't affect change, things like that. Um, I say it to all the people that come on, especially my creators, you know, the creative academics, when you come on here, there is a uh, onus, right, on creators to own the mindful moment that they provide to those around the world. Because we give away our mindful moments. We watch TV, we give them to the movies, we, you know, listen to music, we do all these different things. We don't meditate because mm -hmm. we don't understand that yet. So we give it away. So what does that mean? The creator that's creating from the heart has to create something that is going to move society forward in the direction that it needs to go because creators write the future. We need mm -hmm. to remember that. Creators write the future. We've done everything that we've put pen to paper, video, music, whatever weird ass contraption we're flying across. We're doing everything. So we write our future. We got to make sure we write it correctly so people can thrive, not survive. Mm -hmm. right? right. So you have this talent and you're giving back now through these documentary style raw interviews. Mm -hmm. Where do you see this in two or three years? Sans giving back to where you came from. That's a given. That will happen irregardless. Right. It's going to be at a point where when someone sits down with me in an interview, it's life-changing for them. If you're sitting down with me, etc., if you're a musician, you're in a platform where all the right eyes that you need for your career are looking at you. And that one moment of just sitting down with me in an interview is going to excel you to another level, your career-wise, just because that's where on my platform. Uh, I've always told people also that I'm glad for everybody that listens, obviously. But to me, it's not important for me to be famous or everybody to know me personally. For me, it's more important if the right people know the show, meaning your uh, producers, your A&R people, record label people, things like that. If those people are paying attention, that's who can change a musician's life, for example, or whatever aspects of life that I come across. So that's the point that it's going to get to. I love that. It should never be about ourselves. 
And the only time it should be about ourselves is when we're working on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, once we work on ourselves, we're able to give back the way that you are. Um, seems like you've probably had to walk through a lot of things that people don't realize. Yeah. Um, you're you're a good looking dude. Thank you're you. a model. <laughs> you're an actor. You're a host of, a, you know, a, a top 2% podcast. You're on the map, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that it's not about what you look like. It's not no. about what the perception is. Because let's face it. People that feel like they don't have what you have will throw shade and not even realize that you didn't come from some amazing background that provided all this on a plate for you. Right, exactly. And on top of that, it's just uh, just by the 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 way I look. Sometimes it's uh, I get a a percept. People just perceive me as like, oh, just a just a pretty face, you know. Nah, there's no brain there. And I, I play dumb. I like to play dumb. I like to just observe the room, play dumb, and just make stupid jokes that like everybody's like, ah, look, you know, play along with write those lines. Because I don't particularly believe that I should be giving my true self to anybody that doesn't deserve it either. You know, on my platform, sure, I, you know, I have to show people that I do the research. Every time I sit with artists, they get surprised. There's moments where like, how did you know this? How did you know that? But at the same time, that surprise also comes from the fact that they don't expect that I would go that deep. They're expecting a a traditionally dumb interview you know there's people oh that, my god that, dude i can't handle those interviews yeah there's people they're that so you know, have, have artists that i've interviewed and they're asking them what's your latest album that's two clicks on spotify you can find out what the guy's latest album is. <laughs> what's your <laughs> latest album like, what kind of question is that you know that doesn't even you so know what do you get at starbucks yeah <laughs> like what if, if the guy is doing 15 interviews the least you can do is listen to one and and understand like a little bit of a background on that person. I love this, this outlook that you have and the way that you treat your guests. Cause I agree with you and more so now than I would have two years ago or two and a half years ago when I started this endeavor. And that is that I look at things now around my home or my life. And I, I look at them and they are no longer items of my possession. They are creations of someone else. And I try to remain grateful for the fact that somebody put the time and effort into something that I get to enjoy in my life. Now, when a creator puts themselves on a ledge and they take that step, right, especially musicians, especially, you know, artists, you know, that that have no, let's let's face it, no actual tangible item mm-hmm. that they're putting out there, but their love of what they're doing, right? right. Yeah. And you have to support that. You have Mm -hmm. to make sure that you give it the right voice. And I love that you're giving them that platform to work from. I I try to do the same with with our show. I do feel the onus is on me to give them the best representation that I can because these are sensitive subjects. Yeah. People can't see your face when they listen to a podcast. Yeah. Yes, they'll get a chance to see clips or they'll go to YouTube and things like that. But they won't engage the same way that we're engaging right now. So they're not going to see that every time when we talk about Kosovo, that your face is no longer the same. You're not as happy. You are. There is a moment where mm-hmm. that's there. Yeah. And if I were going to impart anything on you out of all of this, it, that would be to take that time to give back to yourself and understand it is okay to feel every single thing that you feel. Hundred percent, hundred percent okay. Yeah, that's just fact. And on top of that, you you have to remember that. And this is going to sound super bizarre, but the feelings that we feel are actually a choice. For sure, we don't realize that we're actively choosing them as our reality. Because the fact of the matter is, and I'm not going to ever try to minimize somebody's experience or whatever mm-hmm. that might be, but I'll point out one fact. It will never happen again. Yeah. It can't. You're only, it's a past. And I've been reading uh, a little bit in, into like what you're talking about now, just more recently. And it's since then, the way I just look at the brain in general is like the way you look at your hands, you know, you move your hand up, you move your hand down because you choose to. And at the same time, when you're thinking something negative, you control that. You can just stop and start thinking positive. It's not easy. It sounds so easy, but it's not easy. And but it's once you do it, once you keep doing it, once you keep catching yourself in a negative state of mind, you change that. I've started realizing myself that I catch it sooner and sooner. 
before I'd be there, you know, mesmerizing for five minutes, thinking just negative. Then caught that, no, think positive. Now it's like 30 seconds, I'm thinking negative, no, switch to positive. But at the same time, just going back to my upbringing from Kosovo, et cetera, like sometimes some songs will come on from that era from 1999, 1998. And I get this feeling like just in my stomach and it's just pure sadness. Like I'm almost want to like shiver and cry. So like certain songs trigger me for whatever reason. And I have to like sometimes just change songs that I can't handle at times. There was a moment when I really experienced that sadness straight direct. And that was when I was like experimenting with some psychedelics, specifically ayahuasca. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah. So when I did ayahuasca, that sadness was just right in front of my face in a sense. Not like, not like uh, hallucinating a scene, but it just, your subconscious kind of comes to the front. And that it's an ego separation. Exactly. But that experience was, uh, first of all, it, I definitely was a great learning experience, but at the same time, just facing all that and being that sad in that moment was actually fantastic for me. I came from that experience. I feel like I just was acting a little bit different because now I just felt like I understood myself a little bit more. You saw through the veil. Definitely. Even like certain things, like I was telling you earlier, I used to be very hard on my brother. But there's a positive way of being uh, like hard on someone and there's a negative way. And I was definitely in a negative way pushing him. Obviously, I want the best for him. I want him to be 10 times the person I am. But the way I was talking to him was a limiting way. There's a way to like talk to even like your kids, to, to your younger siblings, whatever the case, that makes them work and become better versus like setting limits on them. You know, just you could be saying the same thing, but set a limit, like telling someone, don't do that because it's bad like this. And at that moment, they just stop doing that altogether. They don't even think for themselves at that moment. They just stop doing that. You just set a limit. They'll never, they're never achieving over this now because you just said, ah, that's stupid. You gave them parameters to work within without even realizing it. Exactly. Sounds, and that's, and that's on a very micro scale, right? Mm -hmm. And it, once you uh, start to understand the, the dynamics of how people view their ego or the societal boxes that we have, you start to figure out that even that micro you know, situation that we're staring at is no different than any other parameter that's provided to you from above mm -hmm. or by media or by institutions or by government or anything of that nature. Those parameters are provided to you. And much like your brother, you know, you realized, and now he's going to have a chance to grow outside of the box. Mm -hmm. He's going to have a chance to excel in the areas that he wants to excel in. Because a lot of right. times when we put those strong those strong, strong pushes on the people we love to do things that are probably not even in their best interest. Let's, right. let's be real because there's only one thing that we're supposed to be doing. And that is whatever is authentic to you from day one. Mm -hmm. Everything after that is just something that somebody else told you to be right. Right. Or, right. or a label or something like that. So when you remove that, here's something. I saw this weird ass video the other day, right? This guy was growing pumpkins, mm -hmm. right? And he found these like Frankenstein molds, right? They're probably like the size of a football. And he would, they would have like rivets and he would put them around the pumpkin, right? And the pumpkin would grow, but it would grow into the face of Frankenstein and stop. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't grow anywhere beyond that. Yeah. The watermelon had the capability or should have been a whole watermelon, should have been yeah. round, should have been whatever. But because it was given that structure to work within, it never achieved anything beyond that. Right. I don't know why that just popped into my head. But that's a fucking that's, great analogy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, we grow to what we believe the standard yeah, is. But in all exactly. actuality, there's no fucking rules. Yeah. There are no rules. Yeah, and that's the other thing about like what I always tell even my brother. It's like you, it's important to understand value. When you understand value, if if let's say salary wise, if you think $30,000 a year is an achievement because of that's where you grew. That's all you're going to achieve or less because that's what you believe is the greatest value. So if you understand like, okay, I want this, but this takes this, like just salary wise, then you start understanding like, okay, this is not enough. I need more, more and more. You start reaching for a lot more. Uh, but if you're where you come from is only, you know, the, the most you'll get is one house. You know, I can't wait to buy a house. Once you get that house, that's it. You're not growing no more. That's all you're going to do because that's what your biggest success is as to what you set your standards to. And it's not, you know, not to anyone's fault. It's just 
how it is sometimes, but you reach that and you stop like, striving for more because you just feel like, okay, I'm successful now. I can definitely attest to those benchmarks where you think that you're becoming something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually, hand to God, took a fake $100,000 bill. There actually is such a thing. I don't know who the fuck's balling with this thing, but <laughs> I took a fake one and I put it on my monitor at work. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll be successful when I make six figures a year. Mm -hmm. Right. And on the way, I would check off blocks. Oh, I got an Audi. Oh, I got a house. Oh, I put a theater in this. This is all that. And mind you, the only reason why I kept hopping to each one of these things is because I wasn't fucking happy after each one of these things. Right. Right. Over and over and over again. Because like you said, I was living within this box of what I had been given as the American dream. Right. This is what you have to have. And to then be considered successful. Not, not considered successful, right? Mm -hmm. To be happy. Uh, Both okay. do apply. You are correct, mm -hmm. right? But to be happy, you have to have checked all these blocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you ask anybody at the top of those blocks, right? Unless they were going for something that was in their heart and that they were supposed to do from a place happy. of passion, they're not happy. Right. Exactly. They're not happy. Look at exactly. our greatest artists. Mm -hmm. Right? We know. Our artists tell us. Our artists tell us every single time. The greatest die young. The greatest struggle. The greatest fall apart at the seams. And the greatest look like shit half the time. Right? Yeah. Because they came from struggle. They've got art. And then they were given all these things. And they didn't get the chance. They didn't get the chance to find out that their voice was actually the key the entire time. If they had just accepted who point. they really were, they wouldn't point. have had to struggle anymore. Eventually they were doing all these things to achieve these materialistic things, but the only thing that really initially made them happy was that art. It's a great point. It's a great point. Art is born of the heart, man. It really is. It's not born of the mind. It's born of the heart. The mind is a tool to stop you from getting hurt. Yeah. Again, the mind is a tool to stop you from getting hurt. So what does that mean? It's going to throw up blocks. It's going to throw up blocks like a motherfucker everywhere you go. But those blocks aren't a forearm. They aren't a stiff hand to somebody walking down, you know, the street in New York or a stiff arm. It's, it's going to be shyness. It's going to be a stutter. Yeah. It's going to be a liar. It's going to be, if I act this way, people don't judge me that way. It's going to be, you know what? My friends used to pick on me for my tooth. So if I never smile this way in a picture for the rest of my life, nobody can make fun of me for it, right? Exactly. It's weird shit like that. Man, and I, none of it is real. Yeah, it's all in. And I literally, the conversations I have with my little siblings is nobody can make you feel less than you, than you think about yourself. Nobody can make you feel less of yourself than you think about yourself. So me, I come from a place of a lot of self-esteem issues. Uh, I used to be a bigger guy, you know, now I'm like 170. I used to be like 220, 230. So I always used to like stretch my shirts out, trying to like hide every love handle, you know, like every little roll, trying to hide it with the shirt. You've, bought, you've been yeah. through both. I've, I, and then plus I used to let like people's words affect me a lot. Like I, you know, oh, what are you doing? And I stopped doing that because I just mm. feel a certain way. And it took me, I'm, I'm 30 now, it took me 28, 29 years to be on that mode of like, you can't affect me in any way unless I feel that way about myself. The only people's opinions that I would actually take to heart is people that are truly close to me and I, and I love them. And it's not even that it's something that would bring me down. It's just I would look into the empathetic in their eyes of like, okay, they truly want the best for me. So if they're saying this, where is that coming from? And try to understand it in that sense. Not in the sense of like bring myself down. It's just like, okay, they truly want the best for me. So if they're telling me this, let me actually look into that thought and see if I can make myself better from there. I think that's an admirable way to, to approach, you know, how you take a moral inventory of yourself. You are correct. There's, there's a couple of things I want to hit on from that because it's super interesting. Um, you had talked about how people view you, right? And us succumbing to the views of others or the perceived views 
that we believe others have of us. Right. <laughs> because, that too. Yeah. because unless you're fucking Nostradamus, you ain't getting shit right. Mm-hmm. You don't know what anybody thinks of you. And this is this is why. It, 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 well, not even this is why. This is one of the things that that really made me understand or kind of give me a different viewpoint on what other people think of me. And that is, or what other people can think of you or whatever that is. We are all comprised, right? There's what you view of yourself. And then everybody that's looking back at you, you actually have an infinite number of personalities and views of you. Mm-hmm. And they're all different. Yeah. No one person looks at you the same as another. Mm-hmm. Mother, janitor, you know, father, girlfriend. So true. And they all know you different, which is why you can only be who you are now. Right. You have, that is why at your core, you can change the perception at any given time of those around you. But there's Mm -hmm. a key. There's a key. Got to believe it yourself. If you don't believe it, aren't going to believe it. Fuck no. Nothing worse than an an unsure salesman. (laughs) Who wants to deal with that dude? Right. That's right? a great point. The fact is, you're trying to sell something. If, you, if you're trying to sell something, you already fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You already fucked up. Yeah. Dude. You gotta just be. Literally, exactly. You gotta just be. You know, you can't. It's, it's just, it's like such a difficult concept, especially over time. Everybody's always thinking about, at the core of it all, just do what you want. And you the know, rest will come. Do, exactly. Just do what you want. You don't want to go over here. The fear of missing out. That's what a lot of people. Mm, the fear of that's missing a out. great point. You know, so it's like, I got to be here. I got to be. And I've had that for years to a point where it's like, I don't have to fucking be anywhere. Clothes, food, alcohol, apartment, whatever I could substitute that pain with, I exactly. went after it. You know what I figured out in the process? I can do anything. I can fucking kick ass in every fucking career you stick me in and not be happy every fucking time. So I learned I'm capable of anything. Why don't I just start (laughs) being capable of what I fucking am born to do? 100%. (laughs) That takes a long time to figure that out. But you know what? You and I can't sit here and have conversations with people and interpret the life experience you know, as so eloquently as you do, because I've watched some of your interviews. They're very, you're very in tune with the people that you speak to. And and I commend you for that. Thank you so much. There's fake and then there's real and you're the real deal, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot, especially coming from someone like you who's running a great, great podcast on your, on your own at a top I appreciate podcast, that. you know, and just, just your conversations with people in general, it's just, you know, it's, it's all mind opening. So, you know, coming from someone that from your background, it, it means a lot, it means a lot. I appreciate that, man. I really do. And I I know you're going to be super successful. I'm damn sure that we're going to stay in touch because there's a lot of stuff that I think that we we can work on together. I'm excited. Definitely. Um, Definitely. We'll stay in touch. I think I have your number now too. So we have to to set up a separate meeting all together. Done. 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 Let's do it. So I want to, I want to give you a chance to get your plugs in, make sure Mm -hmm. that everybody knows where to find you, what you uh, have that's out right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you can Google us at Questionable Behavior Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, we're at the underscore QBPC. Everything is on YouTube, on all your favorite podcast platforms. At the same time, if you are an artist or have an interesting story, feel free to send us an email. You know, I'm always vetting people. Like I mentioned before, though, I get certain emails from artists that put out one song and then want to be interviewed. It's not... I don't say no because of any type of thing. It's just I want you to keep going, keep following your journey, and then we'll link back up and do it. Leave that open door. I like that. I do that as well. Sometimes we get to junctures where I'm talking to people that are in the struggle. That are, mm-hmm. And we're all in the struggle, but right. there's certain junctures when you step up on the platform and have a conversation with people. And yeah. then there's other times where you continue, and I like to check in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. How's everything going? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do that with artists all the time. Yeah. I've been down those, all those holes that artists are, are a lot of tortured souls. And it's a lot of people that have a lot of effing baggage. And that's why they're predisposed to a lot of the habits and things that, you know, are very detrimental to being an artist or being a functional societal human being. Because let's face it, struggle means that you, uh, 
had to be raised shitty too or come from a shitty situation. Yeah. You don't get the best habits or the best coping mechanisms yeah. when that's your situation, no matter if you're rich or poor. Exactly. And the other thing is just any struggle, any, any type of roadblock that comes your way, it's, it's, it's a learning experience. You know, don't be discouraged. Everybody always has. The other thing that I've realized, whatever struggle you might be going through at the moment, someone's already done it. Someone's already went through it or went through worse. The history is long. So, you know, someone Amen. at some point, at some time has went through almost the same struggle you're going through mentally. So don't get discouraged. Use that as a learning experience and just get yourself higher from there. I'm smiling cockeyed because I had a similar discussion that was so not the same, but congruent. <laughs> <laughs> and that was <laughs> that we were talking about how everything has happened in porn. We just haven't seen it. There's somewhere somebody is doing that. And if you that's say so it, there is there is a video where that's happening. You just yeah. haven't found it yet. <laughs> I don't even know if I should get specific about this, about a certain but, but type of true. porn that I've been told about. <laughs> and funny enough, it was by my, one of my little brother's friends. I was driving them to like whoa, a amusement whoa, park. Whoa, not on this show. Oh, I was driving to... Your, your little no, 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 no. <laughs> So I'm driving them to an amusement park and I'm joking with them, whatever. And he's like, have you ever heard of nugget porn? I'm like, what the, have you ever heard of nugget porn? <laughs> I don't need to know. I've got no, it. We'll do this air. It is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I was like, there's no fucking way this is real. I have, like, I have no the worst way. human beings as friends. So I'm like, there's no fucking way that this is real. This is a 15 year old get done. <laughs> I'm like, what are you watching? But stop, stop watching. I'm telling your mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> Don't ever mention this again in public. <laughs> and then you give him a high five. <laughs> yeah. like, that, was that, was, funny. that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Don't tell your mom. Send me the link. <laughs> Thanks so much, Addison. Thank I, you so much I, for I really me, appreciate Jay. you. And um, I look forward to working together in the future. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. Remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. Hey, academics, thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019 on TikTok at The Tragedy Academy and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class. And remember, be cool. Keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations 
require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents. And Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink, they don't fade, and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles, and the art is nothing short of spectacular, with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30-day money-back guarantee, lightning-fast shipping, and hassle-free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there. Check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to thetragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.